The battle of a lifetime comes alive in 3D. The 3D battles of World Runner. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. Guys, we have a new party member. Yeah. Square Enix. Well, Square oh, for the time okay. being. But like, square. Is this I square there was somebody else well, in the room? Well, Square right now. It's just Square. Yeah, like, you know, know like the credit was. card company now? <laughs> right. Square. You know, you're their like, other division. Yeah, yeah, their other division. Um, I was, I, you know, it feels right to say Square Enix, though, because like you want to... Never feels right the, to say Square Enix. Well, it, well, wow, that's such a weird stance to have. I don't know. I still I still think it's Square Soft. Mm. I, I still think Square Soft sounds better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you guys are like PS1 players, so yeah. I yeah. understand that the, the Square and... Represented Enix, like I always thought it was Enix growing up uh, as a kid. I don't think it has a pronunciation. Okay, it's just square. Yeah, it's silent. It's a silent, <laughs> it's a silent word. Yeah, they just called square at the end of the day. Yeah. it is telling that Square got the front of that. You know, it's not called Enix squared. Well, Enix was failing. Anyway, well, speaking of failing, that's a great segue into Square. Yeah. They're failing uh, <laughs> at this point in their company. Uh, it was they were founded in 1983. They were trying their hardest to like make video games. 80 through th- 83 through 87 are like the dark ages for them. Yeah. Uh, Just like and- when they started through now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, through now. Um, so they're, they're finally trying something that will hopefully be like unique enough to stand out on a system. And that is the 3D Battles of World Runner. Guys, can I get some first impressions uh, that aren't just, wow, this game simulates 3D? I mean, it. it's not much more than that. It's really just a gimmick game. Like you can jump and you can run and then you can fire shots of things. Kamehameha waves? Is that what they call them? No, no, no. no. <laughs> that's Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, what is that? That's that's the the you know, I know the what here. you're talking about. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. Okay. Sorry. I thought that people like the common parlance of the, you know, the, the fan community of this game called them Kamehameha waves. Oh, no, 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 no. Not, not um, so. Not so. Anyway, like, yeah, then you fight a giant snake at the end, and the snake's pretty cool. That's about it. Great. Uh, Joe? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I thought was, oh, this controls pretty well for being, like, trying to be 3D, with a big asterisk next to that statement, which I'll get to later. Um, yeah, it, it controlled well. It was fine. It, it didn't blow me away now as a person in 2018, or if you're listening to this in the future, whenever. Right. But uh, it... Probably would have been like pretty mind blowing back then, but especially because, uh, well, hold on, I'm gonna hold off on that thought for a minute and just talk about like this is the first game in a while that we've done that isn't necessarily like notable, uh, you know, like like isn't in the general public's perception yeah. of NES video games. So maybe we should just talk a little bit about like what you do in this game. Sure. So in I thought the... I covered that. What? <laughs> <laughs> you run and you jump. Yeah. In the 3D battles of World Runner, I think you play as Jumpin' Jack. Is, is that his, his name? name? Uh, you I, are trying to sol- uh, save the solar system, though. They I know might that. have just changed it to Jack, but yeah, <laughs> you play as Jumpin' Jack, I'm going to call him, because pretty much all you do is, to Sean's point, you just jump. Uh, running is kind of like simulated for the most part, but you can control the speed at which you run. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like, basically like you run on like what looks like a sphere, that's how they simulate the 3D. Yeah. And then there's like black holes every now and again, and you got to jump over those. 
and you got to keep doing that until you get to the end of the level where a boss worm shows up. Yeah. Uh, and basically, that's when the game becomes Space Harrier. If anyone's yeah. played Space <laughs> Harrier for um, that, that was on the Sega arcades, and I think is like now available on like all sorts of virtual console and uh, downloads. Sega really likes to continue to pump that game out but this was like squares like thing like that's popular so let's do that Mm -hmm. and they did that except for the nes mode comes with an added fun bonus of like if you hit the select button now it's 3d now it's now it's uh, it's red red. and blue glasses 3d and i thought that i actually like fucked up my game when i when i first pressed select and i didn't realize that this was a an actual 3d title yeah it doesn't really like i don't know it should have said something. Like it should have been in the options mode or something yeah. to just select on and off the 3D graphics at any time. It's like, when does that become useful? Like, I'm wearing the glasses and I just want to turn them off for a second. I but mean, I'm still wearing the glasses. Well, I, I think, think it's just if you game... don't have the glasses, you keep it off and then... Oh, yeah, you're right. I see what you're saying. You should have, like, the option before you start before playing. Before you start. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to, like, just right. change yeah. mid-level. Right. I want to be playing in 3D now. I mean, this game, uh, it, it, I feel like I didn't have them, but I feel like it would be easier when if you have the the faux 3d glasses on because uh i i had some issues with with perspective okay uh, i would say let me ask you this though was faux 3d ever good like that that red and blue 3d i was never blown away by that even as a kid i mean nor was i but i think it might have helped with with parallax in fact this is my uh moment now this is my moment in the sun to call out to any of our listeners if anybody knows what game i'm talking about i'd love for you to link it it's barely even a game really but it was on windows 95 and (laughs) your favorite system (laughs) you wore red and blue glasses in real life and (laughs) and in the game you went through like a dinosaur museum and the dinosaur, like, there was this T-Rex that could chase you in 3D, and it was terrifying because he'd come out. And the music was ultra creepy. If anybody has that, like, knows what that's called, send it to me because that would just, like, really break my <laughs> perception of reality to see that again after all these years. Maybe you hallucinated that. That's know. what I'm saying, yeah. though, you know? Like, it's like certain things you you've heard sounds when you're young. You know, yeah. and like you never hear them again. And then when you finally hear them, it like reawakens a part of you that you didn't remember. <laughs> and like that's what this game would do for me. Wow. So there's a dinosaur game where you play in 3D on Windows 95. Blow you my try mind. putting that string together in Google. I've never found any success putting those three terms <laughs> together. Okay, back to the game. The game. <laughs> 3D World Runner. So let's talk about. So you were talking about like difficulty with perception and like telling when then like. It was never. It was never like, oh, I I kept dying because I didn't know where the ledge was. It was more just, I can't hit these elevated... Okay, so while you're playing the game, you are also trying to collect stars. Um, I guess I mean, they, maybe, though. Like, yeah. you don't have to. You there's, don't. There's absolutely no... I mean, it's a it, points, it's points thing. Yeah. They're there, so you will naturally try to touch them. Unless you're on the wrong part of the map, because like you can only ever face forward yeah. in the map. You can't do like a full 360 turnaround. Mm-hmm. But you can be on... like. The wrong side of the map in the sense that you might never see those stars yeah, in an entire yeah. level. And I think that's just strange design right. choice. Like but they should be sure. weaving in throughout the level. The stars felt a little to me like, uh, like uh, I don't know this at all, but I'm thinking they said at the end, they, at the end of development, they were like, wow, this is so empty. Like, we got to put stuff in this game. Yeah. And they Same put thing stars with the enemies, there. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's sort of like the coins in, in Mario. They sort of guide your, I mean, there there's no choice in where you're going to go if you're going to take like a, a low or a high route in in this game, but it sort of guides you 
You know, it's it's stuff to, that's there. But what I meant was if I'm trying to hit the stars because, you know, shiny object, Pavlovian response, whatever. Sure. I could never hit the ones that were floating. Yes, I, had a very I hard agree time with, with that. that yes. Uh, because also, like, it's not necessarily like a maximum peak jump if it's floating. Yeah. It's like it could be like three-fourths of the way to the ground. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no way to tell yeah. how close the ground is. It doesn't really even, like, cast a shadow. No. Yeah. yeah. That would have been helpful. Shadow uh, physics. Get so I, uh, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I thought you were doing a shout out to the game or something like you no, were calling it out. I was I was doing that. Okay. Yeah. Um so I looked into how it was done. Uh oh. you know, and this is the blurb to make it easier for everybody. Uh from the bottom of the screen to the middle of the screen, there are objects placed with decreasing height, say 10 at the bottom and one in the middle of the page and everything in between. Every strip object is masked using a mask with the same height as the strip movie clip itself, so one through 10. Inside the strip object, the image is placed and scaled, smaller scale for strips with smaller height, to give the appearance of perspective. Now, I made that sound like way more complicated. I didn't make it sound first off. That's just like (laughs) a blurb about it. Uh, that sounds way more complicated than it is, but essentially it's just scaling height of images from further away based on like an integer count. So it's yeah. like it's constantly just making things look like they're in the distance and then appearing. But realistically, I like, mean, it's nothing- generally I mean, we have seen things like this before, like Slalom sort of did this. Right. And yeah. so did uh, and so did like right. Mock Rider. It, this is the, this one feels it kind of tricks you into thinking like, oh, you it's fully 3D because you can go left and right and, and it's not yeah. like a straight path. Yeah. But really, you're, it, just, you're just running it's forward. It's just an infinite <laughs> exactly. like, scroll thing. Right. It does make me wish that um, Slalom and um, Mock Rider had like those red and blue yeah. glass options, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like that would have just been That'd neat. Been I'm cool. sure somebody has done a ROM hack for it mm-hmm. or something because I can't imagine it being hard. Uh, but someone will correct me on that. Uh, so that's how it works. Uh, we talked We talked about difficulty... How does it play though for you guys? Like, did you have fun with it? No, I I felt like like when I died, it's not that I felt discouraged. Um, I just felt like, do I really want to go again? Like, there wasn't again. You're not. There isn't much trying to like pull you to the end of this, except for the prospect of fighting the worm, or uh, seeing the new like background map. And and you have to fight worms a lot. <laughs> like once you get to the later levels, it's just worms. It's worm central. And I I don't know. Like I I never really felt motivation. I read that as like this is an early interpretation of the internet that Jumpin' Jack is climbing through, and there's a lot of like viruses. I mean, that would be a, a more interesting way to see it, but that's not the story. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's definitely not the story. Do you know the story? story? The story is that uh, some guy, he has a name, I just don't remember it, who is a worm, uh, invades the solar system, and he brought all of his worm friends, and uh, like you just fight planet to planet. Are they planet eaters? Maybe. Great. Okay. I'm I just mean, trying to figure out what they're doing here. Like, I think they're just like. I mean, they definitely sent down the little the little goofball uh, enemies down yeah. onto the onto the planet. Um, so yeah, they're invading, and all the planets sort of look like uh, the bonus stages in Sonic. Uh, Sonic. Yeah. Three is it? I think even Sonic. Oh wait. I mean, yeah. I'm, think, I'm, I'm thinking of Sonic like, One. Yeah, where wrong. you have to collect all the yeah, balls. Yeah. I mean, and... but don't even don't even say that because I love. 
that bonus level. Oh, I know. 3. No, I mean like, and I, like I, you know, like do not. It's say, okay. Uh, I'm just saying that that's what the ground looks like. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. ground does look like that. <laughs> right. It feels Design like Sonic wise. Three definitely got inspired by that in some way or another. But like, yeah. the game, the the gameplay loop. If that would have been the gameplay loop, I would have been way more interested because they actually oh, yeah. made it into like a puzzle. I thought that's how it was going to be, but then like when I tried turning, I just sort of strafed to the left, and it, I, I could tell there was nothing yeah. on the other side. So can I jump in here real quick on the, on the gameplay? Uh, so. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too hyped on this game, but I did. Th- I think I did have a better time than you, Sean, at first. Because um, for yeah. a while I was like, oh, it's kind of. Yeah, it's kind of. It controls. Like I said, at first it felt like it controls nice, and the running, the jumping was good. I did initially, like right away, thought like there's not enough to this. Um, but in the second world, I felt like there was a little more to do, and it, you know, I I never had. I didn't have right away the idea that like, do I even want to try again? I I was still like enjoying it enough to try again but once i only got to uh world three but once i started really kind of trying to like now it was getting a little challenging and then i was failing i was like "Ah, i don't want to go through all this again to get back to it um and and my biggest issue became what i initially took as being very very fine-tuned controls i kind of ended up thinking like wow these are really touchy controls they are because Uh, you can completely I don't know if you clip through them, but you can miss the stars right. if, even when you're like right next right, to it. Definitely. And and the worst part I think is is in World Three, there are all these springs you have to jump off of. Yeah. And you go over these long chasms, but but now in level three there's these chasms where in the middle of the chasm there's like a spring in one spot and you have to land exactly on that spring and the controls are so touchy. Well that that's that what was I thought like you were gonna talk about actually when past. you when you mentioned enjoying the game at first because I mean like you know, yeah, I'm forced to play this game for the podcast. So I was enjoying it as much as one can when they're playing something that they right. have to for work. You know, like right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it, but, it wasn't a lot of times I pick up a game and I'm like not a lot, but several times so far I've picked up a game. I'm like, wow, this is not fun, but I have to play it. Exactly. This one, I this didn't one, feel quite like that. I was exactly. like, you know, when I was done, I was like, man, it was satisfying. I'll never play it again. But. No, and that's what I was getting at. But then, as you mentioned, it gets to a point where, you know, this game demands like a certain kind of precision that almost becomes like memorization in the sense of like how small the landing zones yeah. are for right. you before you have to jump again. And so you wind up like... If you didn't land right at the beginning edge of that landing strip, you have to immediately jump again. Mm-hmm. And then you right. have to like kind of guess, like, was yeah. I supposed to do a full A press or like... Because sometimes uh, like the vanishing point, you don't even see the end of the jump yet. Yeah, right. it, it's kind of crazy um, that like it escalates like that because I, I would say the first two worlds are like fairly enjoyable. Yeah, they're uh, relaxed enough, yeah, I guess. relaxing enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like to the point where it's like, oh, I might consider this game like, okay. And then the later levels are just like ridiculous yeah. that I just, I don't know. It's something about like difficulty curves in games. And I, I understand it in these older games. It was like part of the challenge being mm-hmm. built into like, how do we make this game like worth this yeah, amount of money exactly. you know and it's like well difficulty curves were turn out to like not be the answer yeah. so to any publisher is making games today it's don't make your games harder make them like more interesting and this difficulty curve to me didn't didn't even really feel like it was intentional it felt like like the idea of what they were doing jumping across this chasm to the spring that you can see in the distance it, it doesn't sound as difficult but it's just their controls are so exact and so touchy that it's like it's very difficult to actually Makes you wonder land if they tested that spring them. yeah you know i feel like this game and if you've ever been on your phone 
and or maybe you're maybe you have an Android phone or I don't know what which, which phones don't do this, but um, you lose service whether you're on the subway or you're just in a dead zone. So in your in your browser, your your browser will just turn into like a T Rex tr- jumping over. Um, over, do you all have iPhones, don't you? I do yes. have an iPhone. Okay. Yeah. Anybody that has an Android phone knows what I'm talking <laughs> I about. Can't, it's okay. Wait, like, is this the going... Windows game that, that Mike was talking <laughs> was, about? It's on your Android? You had me with, t- with T-Rex. I was like, oh my gosh. You, you <laughs> play basically just a jump over shit game in your browser when you can't when you don't have service and that's basically what this game is <laughs> like it's got another dimension that's it's so actually got two other dimensions like that but yeah I, that's all i that's all i see in this game i huh. don't know no i agree I, I, it's not like we're about to go just you know we're not about to go on like a 30 minute rant about this video game we're yeah. going to go like in depth and figure it all out like you know yes there's like different elements added and yes there's like a way to approach it and stuff like that. But like, honestly, if we talk about that here, what fun is left for you at home? <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. just honestly, just boot it up and play it and figure it out. Like what I think I, I came away with is that it, it was a neat idea only on paper by yeah. the end of it. Like, like an idea that almost like wasn't worth actually making because once you make it, you realize like, oh, this is actually really flawed and right. we have to wait for better yeah. hardware. I, I think I think the saving grace, if, if it did, I don't know how well it did, but the saving grace would have been the fact that people were like, no, it's 3D. It's like the, ne- it's so cool. It's right. like, you know what I mean? And it, because of the novelty of the running and in, in quote unquote 3D. I feel like maybe that's going to be the way that maybe if, maybe there'll be a, a podcast in the, in the 2040s that, uh, that looks back on the early v, uh, VR games, like and we, and we play like Job Simulator, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this was a, this was a considered like the, the the best game for a time. But all you do is like push buttons, and like, yeah, it's cool that you push buttons, but. <laughs> You know, it's true. No, I definitely agree with that. Uh, That's why I personally have not even gotten into the VR world yet, just because it's like this is first generation stuff. Like (laughs) I will wait until they figure out some kinks, yeah, and uh, give me something worth purchasing. (laughs) Uh, So, Joe, you had mentioned that you didn't know how the game performed. A spoiler alert: it did not perform well. No, Uh, Square really needed a hit, and this didn't necessarily help them. So they are met with more trouble, and they're on a—they're basically on a sinking ship at this point. (laughs) They better come out with one. One final game in the fantasy genre. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. since this is uh, since this is Square, we should talk about who was on the game. Uh, first Familiar off, names. Square. <laughs> well, let me first say this though. Square published the game in Japan, but they didn't have like you know they weren't a big enough company to go and publish it in North America. So actually, acclaim. Uh, acclaim. Yeah, yeah. Who I think we all know. They they're not still around. I don't think so. I don't think they're I think still they around. Folded it's kind of funny. Many years ago, but they published this game in North America for Square, and on the team for Square we have uh, Sakaguchi, who is I think everybody knows him, who's big on Square. He's the Final Fantasy guy, essentially yeah. the guy people point to for all references of like Final Fantasy's influence and uh, development, because from Final Fantasy one all the way until Final Fantasy five. He was essentially like the director, and then Final Fantasy VI, he became more of like a producer. Yeah, a producer, and he was on Final Fantasy. I think all the way up to eleven. Yeah, I know he was definitely in seven. He was on the P- He was involved in the PS One Golden Age. Yeah. There. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's, he's well, the how... producer title has like it's kind of vague. You yeah. know, like when you use a producer level, it's like I'm sure that they 
have like final say on a lot of things and that is important you know like the director kind of has to present to his producers you know like these are my ideas but i don't think like when when i see producer in a game i don't necessarily think like oh this is the guy right who made this game you know like it's not a big of a deal like when i see miyamoto now as like executive producer in the mario games i think it's just more like you present like core ideas to him and he says yes run with that you know i don't think he's like saying show me the uh, like the 30th star in the sand level. Like, you know, it's like that doesn't really happen. You but know, I'm, I'm actually looking. Oh, no, I see now. Yeah. H- Hironobu Sakaguchi, yeah. producer, Final Fantasy VII. All right. Yep. And uh, I think he he eventually retired from Square. At least I don't know if he's out of video gaming in general. His last game came out last year. So I think like he probably still does stuff. He even did like a little movie directing for a while. Like <laughs> guys all over the place, but he definitely has talent if uh you're responsible for directing Final Fantasies 1 for uh playing a role in 6 and then producing 7 through 11. Like I think that's definitely really cool. So that's uh Sakaguchi in a nutshell and of course we'll be talking about him plenty on Nostalgia as uh Square starts to make hits instead of misses. <laughs> Uh, and then we have uh, Nobu Umetsu, who I think everybody knows um, as the Final Fantasy music composer. As of this recording, he is not feeling well, but he's not. He's still he's still with us. Oh, he's not feeling well. He is I not feeling not well. He has taken a leave of absence until January of 2019. So hopefully uh, everything worked out. Yeah. Who knows? This episode might be out in January of 2019. <laughs> and hopefully everything worked out. But uh, it wasn't like no cancer or anything like that. He was just like under like an illness and just decided to like sit back. Huh. Which I think like makes sense. The guy has been composing music since this game at least. And he's still doing it like nonstop. I I mean, talk about like no misses. Like he's pretty much had like all his music, like for all of his games, does he have a bad, well, all the final fantasy games, does he have a, is there a bad example of, of the soundtrack? I could listen to any variation of the Final Fantasy theme, like the actual <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. main theme for for the series. I could listen to that in any version, and I'm like, that's still like very regal choice. and majestic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were going to say something, Sean. Uh, no, the, just that it was choice. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, What did we think about his music on this game? Uh, I forgot about it already. Right? Uh, you know, I I mentioned this to you guys before we started recording, but I... At one point, I had this weird death animation. I, I, I should have died. The death sound, the music went off like I died, but I kept playing. And it sounds like I'm describing a dream I had. Or <laughs> <laughs> but I kept playing, but the music had stopped. And it was only at that moment that I realized, like, wow, this music was really repetitive. And it's, like, kind of nice to have a little silence now. Right, right. Because I, I don't think it was because the, the track... Who says that when they're playing a video? Like, <laughs> like, this is really nice to have some silence yeah. right now. Well, I, think it, I, don't, I don't think this, the track... I, I liked the music when I first booted it up, but it was just the fact that there's only one song and there's eight worlds and they're all kind of long. And it's just, like, after a while, it's like... Any music's gonna get repetitive. Well, that's the thing. You know? I was like, no one's about to critique Nobu because of this. This album. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Well, you know, he really started off with a shaky ground. It's like, no, it's just not a lot to do. Like, right. you know, he wasn't really like doing any world building with this music. Like, <laughs> it's just music for a game that is a repetitive loop on itself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I have to say about that. But interesting. Now, now I'm gonna get into someone that you, no one, uh, probably knows about for unless you're like deep in on retro video games, but. Uh, Nasir Jebeli, uh, or Gebeli, I, I don't know if the G is hard or soft. Um, he was the programmer for the game, 
And he is also the programmer for Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3, and Secret of Mana. And those are, like, the games that he's really known for. But when I mean, like, programmer, I'm talking, like, he was the main programmer. Born in, Ira- born in Iran in 1957, okay, uh, moved to America and programmed a bunch of stuff for, like, all those, like, Apple II computers, IBM computers, like, whatever they had, he was programming games for. And Square was, like, really excited to, like, work with him. Like, a Japanese wow. company excited it with to work with an Iranian-American in these early video game days. I just think that's, like, so interesting yeah. to begin with. And then this guy just having, like, all of this, like, knowledge and... Uh, Square's whoever was the head of Square at the time was basically saying like we need to make a, a pseudo 3D game for you know to like give us something different for the system and uh, Nasir knew immediately like what to do and how to do it huh? and program the entire game so I think that that's really exciting uh, that he did that and he actually is still alive today and did a three hour long interview about just like all of his programming knowledge from uh, from this game, 3D World Runner, all the way until uh, Secret of Mana. So I think like if you have three hours to spend over the course of the next <laughs> couple of weeks, I, I would seriously consider listening to this if you're at all interested in programming because it's very like digestible information. He's not. It's it's back he's when programming talking, was simpler yeah. too, and so he's not talking like zeros and ones. You know, <laughs> he's talking like in a way to make you understand. How his basically like his design philosophy. That you know? is definitely uh, really cool though, because whenever I re- I watch um, the the, um, the the credits of any game now, it's either a very like Anglicized uh, like name or uh-huh. a very Japanese name, and right. yeah, just to to see that international flavor jump out is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and of course, you know, like he's gonna program some pretty badass games for, yeah. for us down the line. So I think that is exciting. One thing that I didn't talk about with the game though, that I'm going to bring up because we're talking about the programming now. Did anybody ever like boot up the game and then like it already starts on like a game over screen? I thought that that was just how it was because it seems very like it, it has a very arcade feel and it sort of just looked like that. Um, that standby state of a lot of arcade cabinets. Just almost like, like almost like that's the way they get the game over screen to come up is that it's always there underneath yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I just thought that was like such an odd choice to not have like a menu really. Yeah. Like there's no like, you know, I'm not asking for game A, game B, like the 1985 launch games, but I'm saying like at least give me like a title screen with like some, some options. Yeah. You know? I, I don't think that I... It, you're saying it came up game over and you just had to press something and then you started the game? And then I started the game, Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I, maybe I just didn't notice. And this was not sure every I time. Menu. This, this was not every time. It was not every time, yeah, I didn't, okay. Yeah. Was there a menu? No, I didn't. I don't think I had a menu. I think there was a... It didn't just start right into the game. I, no, it doesn't yeah. start right into the game, but you have to hit start and then the game, like, starts up. It's not like... Here. And well, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention to it, but I, I just remember there being some sort of screen at the beginning that wasn't a game over screen. Mike is now going to perform a, a radio play version of <laughs> yes. how to start this game. Mike? <laughs> no, uh, I oh. definitely will not be doing that. Uh, we can move on for a second, though, as I get the definitive <laughs> answer on that. Uh, did you guys know that there was a sequel for this game? Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, while, while I mentioned Open that world. fun fact, PS2. and then I just like, leave it, like <laughs> throw it out there and then take it away. Uh, Joe, there is no... Uh, there is no opening title thing. There is so it starts can right I see? on the game over thing. This makes like, for a great podcast if I just look at it. Yeah. Huh. Oh wow! 
Well, that's amazing. I'm glad I'm here to see that. The game looked like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even remember. No, I just Maybe I was just on autopilot to start the game. And There's just I, something uh, really funny about that, that like we can't even remember how, <laughs> can't remember how we started. Goddamn game. How did we get into the <laughs> yeah, game? It really <laughs> sounds like a dream again. You never yeah. know how it started. And then you, you looked down and you weren't wearing any pants. <laughs> So the, the they did it did get a sequel. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this, but I think it'd be funny if I gave it a shot. So it's uh, the sequel was called JJ Tobadasi Daisakusen Part Two. Um, part it's like Part Two is in English. Part Two is in English. Yeah. Okay. And uh, JJ is Jumpin' Jack, obviously. Oh. And it was Famicom only, so we won't have to get around to it. Thank God. Uh, Famicom only. It did still utilize the whole 3D thing with the select button. And interestingly enough, is the last game from Square before Final Fantasy. Wow, they almost so gave kinda, up. <laughs> kind of like one last failure <laughs> yeah. before their last attempt. Like... Just interesting that they would keep going into that. This is the series that made them think they were going to fail. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. And then, did you guys know that there is an anti-piracy measure put into the game? Oh. Oh, what do we got? Yep. So, essentially, uh, there's like two, two, two games are programmed into the game itself. Like, two different codes. Okay. And the way that it works is that the if the checksums all come back good as you put the game into the, like a real NES hardware it'll load up the option B which is like the full game okay and option A which is programmed first for a reason is just this screen with a message uh that I will read the <laughs> message is i would like to thank you for your interest in my game Unfortunately, you will not be able to play this illegal copy. But the good news is that you can purchase this game from your computer store. Sincerely, Nasir. Wow. The, that's, yep. That's like it's like a very uh it's very polite. Yeah, it's a very nice way to go about it. It is a nice way to go about it. Uh just to get back into it, that option A thing though is there because that's what would load instead if yeah. the checksums didn't mm -hmm. work out. But the reason why that was done is because if you were copying and, and this doesn't happen anymore, but if you were copying uh, from a cartridge to a ROM back in the early days, it would most likely just grab the information from the first set. So it would just... It would ignore get, the rest? Ignore the rest, because it thinks that it's grabbed the game, essentially. Oh. Like the ROM, it, like, you know, it's useless to just grab yeah. all data and translate it raw. So it just yeah, grabs yeah. what it thinks it needs. And so it just yoinks Yoink. all that illegal information and then just... Huh. Like, does, ignores the, uh, the side B. I'm pretty sure, though, that this also is only possible in the um, the Famicom Disk System version because that's how you get the side A and side B. Uh, you know, like switch switching the discs. Yeah, I don't think that. Um, Did they switch? You had to switch discs in this game. No, 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 no. There's a side up and side <laughs> it's a down. Four disc Did game. you not know that? Yeah, for all the Famicom Disk System games, this is a little cool thing. There's a there's a side up and a side down that you do yourself. Like you don't ever like um, you don't ever change out to a disc two. Like, take one disc out and put it in another disc. But for all Famicom Disk System games, there will come a point where it will ask you to, like, switch to side B. And it's just a button that you press on wow. the Famicom Disk System. Interesting. Yep. Hmm. So that was this. Obviously, though, this one, you wouldn't even have to flip the game. They would just do the checksum no to flip the sides. Huh. Uh, yeah. And so that is... Um, <laughs> Neato. <laughs> that is the anti-piracy thing. Jumpin' Jack will return, though. But only... In Square's Chocobo Racing. Oh, dear. He is wow. the final secret character in Square's Chocobo Racing for PS1? 
Maybe? Uh, I would assume it's PS1. Yeah. Yeah, that would be my guess. That sounds like a PS1 <laughs> game to me. Um, and wow, that was... what a what a payoff for everyone who put the work in to unlock the final character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Jumping Jack. <laughs> right? Like uh, who who else would you hope it would be? Anyone. Like <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> I think that's just really funny. You like, you know, you almost think like, oh, maybe it's like maybe it's Sakaguchi himself <laughs> as the final secret character, and then it's like, no, how about jumping jack? <laughs> Yeah, that's how. That's probably that's the how reception in the kid's bedroom as he unlocks that character is just dead silence. Like, who? Who is this? Who dat? Who dat? That also makes me think of you know we talked about this a long, long time ago in episode three with um, Clue Clue Land, where um, <laughs> the, the who, Bubbles, Bubbles, which is the name of the main character, yeah. Clue Clue Land, is an unlockable character in DK King of Swing, <laughs> and people are probably just like. What, what is this? What is it? <laughs> in a circle or what? Yeah, like what am I it's playing? A circle with? with eyes. It is the NES art too. It's not like they really like updated it. Like, they I don't know if you added... could update that. I think. Yeah. It... <laughs> I'd like to see. Texture. I'd like to yeah. see bubbles for Smash. Yeah. DLC. Uh, a. Uh, it, it's definitely going to be a. What do they call him? A ghost. Uh, a ghost of another character. Oh yeah, uh, Echo. An Echo. An Echo. Come on, the game's out now. Oh. You should know that. Yeah, an Echo of Mega Man. Uh, yeah, a Mega Man Echo. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to Mega Man games yet, but they're coming up. They're coming. All right. Anybody have any, uh, okay. Yeah? Oh, yeah, I have a straight thought. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah right, you sound cool. like you're Everyone knows. Off. Um, my, so first, I just want to, did you guys read the manual? Did you guys check <laughs> yeah. out the, uh, yeah, the yeah. enemy names? I didn't, oh, but I'd no. love for you I to tell me. Yeah, so, so there's a couple of, that I think are interesting. Like, the, the main circles are called Menacing Meanies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> There, some of my favorites, I'll just give you. There's a little plant that doesn't look like a Venus flytrap. It looks like a, a different, I don't remember what they're called, but it's a different plant that eats flies, and it's called the Venus dye trap. Wow. Yeah. Uh, um, there, are these, there are these TVs that are like, that attack you, and that's called Mean TV. <laughs> that's my favorite. Um, what do they call the hands? The hand is called Mr. Hand. Wait, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Hand Mr. is funny, hand. but also, like, Mean TV is funny just thinking about, like, the idea of that being, like, a real thing, you know, like how you were saying Venus flytraps, yeah. and it's like you go home, you know, you go to Best Buy, you buy the TV, you set it down. That night, you're in your bed, and you're like, oh, no, I bought a Mean TV. <laughs> it's like, it's coming. Yeah, Mean TV was my favorite because it's just, like, so, like, they just weren't even trying. Um, or they were trying, you know, like who knows what that name is in Japanese. Uh, maybe, yeah, that's true. Maybe the translation the, was just incredibly yeah, the like the translator lazy. wasn't trying. Yeah. Um, also, to correct myself, it's not Mister Hand; it's Handman. Handman. Hand yeah. They're all Handman. Handman for Smash. Oh yeah. No hand. Those you, things you were fight Handman at the end of Smash. You think of like Handman, and that's like so weak. And we just had last week. We had uh, in Legend of Zelda Wallmaster. Wall. Like Master. you know, like those what? floating yeah. hands. Those things are intense. A lot like, of yeah. hands. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, also, that's a better name. Yeah. Handman oh, yeah. or Wallmaster. Right. Give me Wallmaster. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, and, and it would yeah. actually kind of make sense in this, because these things really wall you. Like, that, that's what they do. You're running, and they just, they copy you exactly, yeah. and just, they just block like, your hey, way. Stop. It's very difficult. What? They're like, hey, stop. Yeah. Yep. I thought you were telling did, me to stop. What did they like, call, um... Like, repressed <laughs> memories of Handman for you. <laughs> Joe, what did they call the columns in the game? Cookie mm, columns. Cookie columns. I, I love that you just made that up. But like, Joe, I joke. I don't think that that would be categorized as an enemy. Uh, I, but well, these are there are I columns in the game you can just like bump into. Yeah. It. I think but that's the, pretty the funny. Columns are like uh, they give you items. Like that's what they're there for. Yeah, I accidentally yeah. took a magic mushroom and I died. 
Yeah. yeah. That's the only bad item it'll give you, too. Yeah. yeah and I some... would like to have you take the magic mushroom and then, like, <laughs> it would just, like, you know, make yeah, the screen all wavy. It's all wiggly. But then that's, like, really lazy because people have done that so many times with, like, Super Mario Brothers. Not Brother, in 1986, like Flash animation. Seven. No, like, Super Mario Brothers Flash animation things where it's, like, he eats the mushroom and then he gets high. <laughs> Get it? On Newgrounds? Because weed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a Rise of the Mushroom Kingdom. Does that mean anything to any listeners? Probably Rise not. Rise of the Mushroom Kingdom. Rise of the Mushroom Kingdom was a Flash animation series. And I'm just rambling, but <laughs> in case anybody wants to listen. This is just all about, like, games that you loved as a kid. Well, it was, like, a Flash animation instead. There was, like, a four-part movie um, that was very well thought out, done by one guy. He also did Mario versus Sonic, the Flash animation. So yeah. consider him one of the early... Um, what do you? What would you call those um, auteurs of, uh, <laughs> of Flash animation? <laughs> Definitely had a style. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think it, this reminds me of uh, a Shifty Five. Um, that song that was on like albino. Blo- no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, let's stop talking about this. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. Uh, Joe, any other straight thoughts? Yes, actually. Yeah, please. And it's the one that everybody's I like reacting waiting for. To your thoughts. Because towards the end of the, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't bring this up a lot, but towards the end of the level, I paused the game. And did you guys, did you guys pause the game? This I one did. actually, I did pause the game. I did pause the game, and I yeah. knew that you would right. say something this, about this. This isn't, it's not this isn't worth the pause. It. Bring it up. This isn't the pause sound. No, I know it's. You don't think this is worth? It? I thought this was. This is the first time we've had something like this where you pause the game and he turns and faces oh, the camera, yeah. sits, down, sits down, crosses his legs, and falls asleep. Yeah, yep. it was like that's a lot He's of thought like, that they put hey, into. Hey, loser, you're boring me. <laughs> it just makes me wonder. If they had taken their focus off of the pause animation, like where could they have diverted that to yeah, elsewhere? And think game? about all that extra memory that went into right? Like right. programming. That. They could have like they could have probably put a full game in there. Yeah, I would have just even liked to see like you know that kind of thought put into the animations of the enemies. Yeah, right. just kind of like yeah, they, do, they just really they just, like they just like, slide along. They exist. Yeah. yeah, they just exist in this world that I control. Because, like, you're not really controlling Jumpin' Jack, right? You're controlling the entire planet. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like I am the planet trying to help Jumpin' Jack fend off all of the... Like, like almost like I'm causing mini earthquakes that cause him to jump at varying lengths. Yeah, or you're just, you're just dropping away from him. He's yeah. not jumping. <laughs> I'm pulling out of the solar system. <laughs> um, okay, Joe? Keep it coming. I think that's my last. My last. You don't even thought. have like a, a, like a, a half baked thought. <laughs> you don't think either of those were half baked? <laughs> a quarter baked thought. Hmm. Sean, I would love to hear a quarter baked thought from you. Give me a quick hot take on this game. Um, I think that uh, the worms, like it, it's interesting that if you if you try to if you hit a piece of them, like because there's like little balls, if you hit a piece of them in the middle, and the the middle part disintegrates, it still moves like like one worm. Like why? What's holding the worm together? That is true. Yeah, it's the least believable part about this game. <laughs> the, the worms also remind me of like the cactus enemy from Super Mario Brothers oh, yeah. Three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking you about. Yeah, talking yeah. About? yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. It, is yeah. it in three? It's. I think it's in, three. in world. Well, it's definitely in world. Okay, but I think it started. Maybe it's in, in three. three as well. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. In 500 episodes. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Uh, guys, admission. I almost just ended the show earlier. I like completely (laughs) forgot that we do a thing called the Essential Games List. I was about to be like, that's "That's all the time we have. But no, we have to do the Essential Games List. Okay, guys, Essential Games List time. Give me your votes. 
And, you know, also tell me uh, your favorite thing about this game after you give your vote. Um, Sean. This is different. Okay. Sean, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I'm spicing it up a little. Yeah, this is spicy. I vote no. Uh, this is not essential. Okay. But your favorite part. My favorite part of this game was, like, obviously, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Sean had nothing. Uh, Sean did not have a if favorite part. that tells part. you something about this game. Wow. Okay. I like it, though. Uh, Would you no, be no, able no. to tell you me You know your... what? Actually, I do have one. Okay. Um, it's at the end. I didn't beat this game, but, you know, like like I do, I watch the end. Um, like I do. Yeah. And basically, when you beat this game, there's... Uh, a, a sh- there's a screen where like Jumpin' Jack is just standing on the right side, no, on, on the left side of the of, of like a black screen, and it is very drawn out. Like each each of the things, each of the worms that you fight come out, and they all say like one word, and then Jumpin' Jack responds with one word, and then that worm leaves and comes back, and they have another like mini conversation, and all they're saying is just like help. It's like what like code and like it just tells you like a code for how to like i don't know like get more lives or something (laughs) like that's the end the the ending animation is just an endless conversation between jumping jack and the worms that he's defeated to give you like a weird code Wow. wow. Yeah. That is, I feel like there's like a conspiracy theory there. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, I did not beat the game uh, and did not care to uh, look up the ending video. I wanted so to see the lore. For, I wanted to yeah. see how it ended. You got that deep lore, that yeah. 3D World Runner deep lore going on. Uh, Joe. I realized a little bit during this episode that like a lot of things that I say, and, and, and maybe it's just hard on a game, but a lot of things that I say don't really leave the audience on the edge of their seat as to whether or not I'll vote this essential. Um, so you've probably guessed I'm not voting it essential. Um, but my favorite part, besides the pause animation, was probably, I don't know, it was just, it was just cool to look back on it when I'm done and saying like, huh, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> it was funny. It was cool. You like second. to reminisce about the game. <laughs> yeah. I like to like, re- <laughs> like realize that it's over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like to, I like to, when I, when I'm done with the game, I look back, I'm like, huh, that was a fun little different experience, but not. Not fun in the way where I'm ever going to play it again. <laughs> fun in the way that it was interesting. It and was unique. understandable. Yeah, it was yep. neat. That's the perfect word for it. And uh, I too will not be voting this essential um, because that would be a really weird uh, tower to die on. You know, like <laughs> like two people have already voted it out, and I'm like, guys, I think we should reconsider. All right, did you see the checkerboard pattern that goes on forever and ever and ever? Um, my favorite part about this game is actually uh, when you run into those columns. I think there's just something funny about like you know being like oh, nah, you know like it's just it's just weird that they programmed in some of these animations and then forgot about complete other parts of the game. <laughs> I also would say that, um, and this is weird. Now all of a sudden I'm gonna start loving this game because I'm gonna start mentioning all my other favorite parts. I think that like we undersold the boss battles. Uh, yeah, we didn't yeah, talk be- about them much. Yeah, because they are like the Space Harrier thing, you know, mm-hmm. like pretty much that whole game does this on loop. And so that's a better game, definitely. But I just thought it was like fun to like all of a sudden you're like, now Jack can fly and like <laughs> move around and he throws out like power beams of his own but from like, his arms. Why doesn't he just fly the whole time? If he can, if he can fly... Why does he have to jump over shit? He can only shit? fly for so long and he does, he has to save it for the boss because... Otherwise, he would run out of flight power. All right, fine. Just made that. I thought up, you knew the deep lore. 
I know parts of the yeah, If you watch past the ending of the code, part of the code is that whole sentence I just said, one word at a time. Wow. One letter yeah. at a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, it's actually so long, the, the wait time between each letter, that no one's been able to finish it. Like, but he knows. No, 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 because like even if you beat the game, it it would mathematically take like several hundreds yeah. of years. If, yeah, if you beat the game the day it came out, you still wouldn't you still be haven't gotten yeah. the full message. Yeah, my god. And th- these are all facts. This is yeah. where you come for your facts. Nostalgia. This is where you come from the facts. Nostalgia. You also come to nostalgia for show notes, uh, links to other people's websites. Wait, what was the what was the final vote? Oh no, <laughs> oh. <laughs> three notes. Oh. Uh, it is not essential. So you also come to Nostalgia for show notes, other links to other people's shows, um, links to uh, <laughs> video game know-how. Uh, maybe you want to wonder if um, Shigeru Miyamoto thought much about his launch games. We're well, having him as a guest tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we're having him as a guest tomorrow, but not on an episode. Yeah. yeah. He's just coming by, stopping by, yeah. seeing how we're doing. Yeah, having um, tea. Yeah. Miyamoto's not really a tea guy. Coffee. He likes, uh, you know what he likes? Bluegrass, the music, the music. styling. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of instead of any sustenance, instead of food or drink, <laughs> he's a big bluegrass guy, um, big music guy in general. Obviously, if that didn't come off in uh, We Music, you know the hit game from two thousand and eight that they butchered an entire E three press conference over. Uh, definitely go back yeah, and watch big... that. You know, what? I'll oh, put God, that in the that show was, notes. That for was this. rough. Um, okay, so this is nostalgia. Guys, where would they go for more nostalgia? N-E-S-T-A-L-G-I-A cast C-A-S-T Yeah. yeah I was wondering why. Dot yeah. com. Dot com. Dot C-O-M. Yep. D-O-T-C-O-M. <laughs> no, no, you know there's a D-O-T and it's a period. Uh, yeah. That is H-T-T-P-A. where you go to hear about like more of our thoughts. You thought that you just like listening to our thoughts? Imagine like reading them. Imagine. <laughs> Just imagine that. Imagine all the people yep. reading our uh, thoughts. If you're blind, unfortunately, that's we do just not, not going to be an option. Version. Uh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to get someone, I guess, to read the, you know, to speak that. Well, I mean, you, you're hearing us now, so it's fine. Yeah, that's perfect. We don't really, um, we don't say anything that you wouldn't hear in the podcast. Instead, what we try to do with the reviews on the website is like get funky with it, do, yeah. give you something different, because like guys. We're not stupid. Like, we know that everybody out there is doing this. We're doing this for fun. We're doing this to have a good time with you guys. So, like, mostly, like, we're not trying to give, like, the in-depth review and score it out of 10. If there's one thing I hate, it's, like, scoring an NES game out of 10. Like, what would you, you know, like, like, on whose scale? Like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, right? Like, would you give that an 8 and then be, like... Okay, but 3D World Runner is kind of like a five. Like, yeah, everyone, no, it would everyone be like has, a zero. Everyone's got a different scale. And every, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the number it, but, thing is weird. Yeah, it's I, I, think, I think the biggest the biggest thing that I want to communicate is that like we we don't at least I, I I'm sure you guys feel the same way that we don't like think we're experts. Yeah, yeah like, we're, I mean, we're coming the, at the this. Only, the, we're coming the only at this as that, friends. The only <laughs> thing about this show that has remained consistent is how inconsistent we are. When it comes to how we interpret the interpret the, yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, the essential games list, how we 
interpret like just good games in general, whether we we remember things yeah. about the game. But like, if you think we had no idea what we're doing, just think about like the the interviews with the developers and what they say in those interviews. They have no idea what they're doing either. No one really knows what they're doing, guys. Yeah, so the just, manifesto, the thing you should take from this episode is nobody knows what they're yeah. doing. Remember the first time when you figured out that like, oh, your parents don't actually know it all. Like and they might not even know what's best for you. True, yeah. You know, like like it's those moments yeah, where all yeah. of a sudden you're like, oh wow, my perception of the world's changed. And it's like that's what we're trying to do yeah. and show you that like Miyamoto didn't really like think like Mario's overall should be this color for this re you know, it's like no, these things just happen. They the get red together. symbolizes his fiery passion for pipes. <laughs> Love it. And that's why the fireballs also come out of the pipes in Mario Brothers. See? We are somewhat knowledgeable. Yeah. I did pull a Cuckoo Land DK swing reference out of my head. <laughs> so we can do a little bit here and there. We love you. All right. We do love you. Joe? We love you. Good night.